0: Hi, this is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Nash Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we are offering four conversations from Season 3, Episode 45, our review of the recent Paris Nash conference, plus, from the vault, conversation from April 22, which looked at the need to improve testing criteria for drug development. These conversations are running a bit behind our usual schedule due to the challenges of travel and time change surrounding the Naffold Summit that ended in Dublin on Saturday. We'll be back on our regular conversation drop schedule next week. And now, on to the discussions. This conversation covers the Day 2 program. was with Louise mentioning the discussion around estrogen replacement therapy and fatty liver in postmenopausal women, which prompts me to digress briefly to discuss the history of primer and the Women's Health Initiative. We get back on track to discuss Arunsan Yal's science lecture on NITs, which was less about groundbreaking science really, and more a tremendously clear cogent description of the thinking behind developing an NIT diagnostic pathway, a pathway that starts with FIB4 and goes on to more accurate, but also more expensive tests for patients that FIB4 does not rule out. After this, we move through one more discussion about about ways that liver disease is central in a cluster of chronic, non-communicable metabolic diseases. And then on to my final question, which you will have to listen to in order to learn our thoughts. Every year, Paris Nash provides some of the strongest scientific content found in any program, coupled with an innovative look at fatty liver disease in the context of world health. This conversation touches on what emerged as some of the high points of the fascinating and important meeting. So sit back, listen, enjoy, learn. And when you're done, join the dialogue on our LinkedIn discussion group. Second morning. anything about either the magical symposium or the industry corner beyond the one comment that Louise has already shared?
1: Jaren Schattenberg. Well, I think it's important that the industry sponsors are there and are engaging. It's the opportunity to be in touch and to hear more about their programs is always encouraging. Now, this is not new data they're presenting there, but they're reflecting about the drug development programs. It's there for completeness and and good to, um, you know, link to the respective people. But it's not the most exciting new data part of the meetings, I guess.
2: Louise Campbell. No, but I think there was something of interest in there. They were talking about estrogen and I think it was William Alawazi who stepped up to the mic to ask about estrogen afterwards. And in fact, I can't remember who the chap was who was talking about that they've modelled in mice and also in women and women because of course we develop NASH and fatty liver disease quicker after menopause. Actually did say that if you then give it estrogen replacement it actually slows down and stops that progression. So that, for me, raises the argument of why are we not screening women as they go through menopause for fatty liver disease? If we now know and can prove that by giving them estrogen supplements, we can actually prevent that. So we have a preventative option for something we could screen for, and we don't do it. So that did raise a few issues to me, both in mouse models and in female subjects. So it is the fastest-growing reason for liver transplant transplantation post-menopause and yet that general discussion was oh yeah we can do this and yeah we've shown it works slap me on the back of the head but there's an opportunity to help women's health
0: (laughs) i think estrogen is a little politically fraught and not for the reason you're thinking back in the 90s it was claimed that estrogen was the solution to everything in fact a massively funded program called the women's health initiative looked at estrogen for everything and it wound up turning out that a it didn't do all the couldn't be proven to do all the good things people thought it could do and then b it was more carcinogenic than people had realized and before that uh, premarin had been growing as fast as any drug that was five years old or older in the U.S. market and in many of the other world markets, and that just completely blunted it because people were afraid of unintended consequences. So I, I think that's part of what gets in the way here, and I, I know the regulators would break out in hives if they had to approach new indications uh, for estrogen, given what that experience did. I'm guessing they break out in hives. They might have a less severe, but certainly physiological reaction.
2: Absolutely. But I think we can tailor it a little bit better now. Um, and uh, there was break. an awful lot of stuff on micro, gut microbiome that I enjoyed but we need to be targeting menopausal health.
0: Okay, we're getting to the end. I want one more comment and then final wrap-up question. A run science lecture. You, you said you were looking forward to it because you thought it would be one thing. I think it was something different than what you described anticipating. Uh, how'd you feel about it?
1: Yeah, he, he gave an overview on the future of clinical management a little bit, I guess, and in I had expected more of a forward-looking statement, but many of these were already touched during the discussions that were with Frank. And as such, it was, he gave a very strong overview. It it wasn't too many new aspects for me. I shouldn't say uh, this was uh, disappointing. It was clearly something, state-of-the-art information on where the field moves. But from my perspective, the sessions around it had more aspects that were addressing the future. I did have a reaction to it.
0: First of all, I agree with you. Second, I thought it was an interesting choice. To the degree that this meeting had a cardiologist in it, we were starting to talk about multi-metabolic issues. One of the presenting challenges is going to be to create a compelling rationale for doctors who are not hepatologists to start screening for fatty liver and understand how easy it is and how much sense it makes. So while that wasn't what I would have thought of as a science lecture and in that regard I think you and I are completely aligned I think we're also aligned that it was a really good job of what it was and that in the context of what the meeting was trying to accomplish I understood why he did that. Absolutely.
2: I think what he also did is if you look back at Oksana's presentation about NCDs was link it in very nicely to you can do a framework around that. That is Allowed that uh, sort of roundedness of where you bring in other aspects. If you look at where the conference and you can dip in and dip out, bring in the strengths of where other sessions were there. I, I can see how that can fit into that pathway. And obviously, I think it's cosmic. Is that the the meeting in December with the trials? Was it? it um, Mosaic. Mosaic. It's got some of the Mosaic. same
0: letters. But...
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> I knew it was something. Uh, and again, during our session, in the end, he stood up and says, you know, I think um, we as a hepatology field are in the position to actually stand up and unite all these different disciplines and help them moving forward. Something that from his perspective, the cardiologists haven't been successfully done uh, to the same extent that the endocrinologist and now the liver field and with all its oversight of the complete field, I think he's really in the position to move this forward. And I felt that was the very interesting message to me, and I'm very much looking forward to see how he fulfills this uh, position.
2: And I think it led into your NCDs and and the framework that we discussed the other week. There was something that you can see tying all together if we progress it, and I'd like to see that progressed because it sounds exciting. Okay.
0: So I didn't tell anybody what the closing question was going to be because I had three of them, and I wasn't sure which one I wanted to use, but let's try this one. A one-to-three-word description of your, um, how you felt as this meeting wrapped up about the future and why you would choose that particular description.
2: Oh, I'll jump in. I suppose the future's bright, the future's metabolic coordination, because that's where we're all leading to. If we can all get on the same page, our organs are all subject to a set of risk factors and we're just taking out the bit that we want. And this goes back to Donna's point. I don't care what I die of because once I'm dead, I'm dead. Just treat me as the person. We do need to get more person-centric and patients hold the key. To that and GLI, British Liver Trust, and ELPA, and all of that.
1: Excellent, Luis. Thanks. Next. Jeff stays quiet. So, uh, following up with what I'd said previously, um, hepatologists are trying to, in the absence of effective treatment outside of lifestyle changes, we're trying to really build the bridge with other disciplines, learn from them, and move our patients in a direction where we can improve their outcome. And we're realizing that, of course, the liver is not there in isolation. We really got to partner with these disciplines. And I think that. That was an overarching theme in the in the meeting that addressing multiple organ systems is the way forward. And it's through that that we can finally improve our patient's outcome and health. Okay, Jeff. Jeff McIntyre.
3: Well, Roger, you did say two to three words. And so I jotted down kind of the first things that popped to mind for me, which was humbled, blessed, and determined in that I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a hepatologist. I'm a patient advocate. And it's not unusual for me to be in these meetings and to be furious on Google looking up the definition of some acronym that's been used only to look up and see all the hepatologists around me nodding their heads and, and murmuring agreement like I'm at a, a country church on a Sunday morning with everybody saying amen, and me having kind of missed the point because I'm trying to figure out what the what the acronym for the particular antagonist means. But I think the thing for me coming out of Paris Nash in more than three words is that as a patient advocate. You know, I don't always catch up with the the details of the science. What I'm looking for is the experience of the science. And I can say wholeheartedly that the experience of the science that we had at the meeting, my experience of it was positive. I came into this with maybe three meetings prearranged, and I didn't make it to every session because the end of the two days there, I ended up with over a dozen meetings with folks that wanted to talk and were excited about what they were doing and were really interested in what patients were getting organized and of how patients could contribute or what point of view they may have on something. It's easy for me to get kind of get lost in the trees of the forest, if you will, of fatty liver disease and get caught up in the acronyms and the mechanisms. But at the end of the day, it's the experience, which is going to be something that we're going to value that I feel really humbled and blessed to be able to be around smart people like Yarn and Dr. Sanyal and you guys and keep working towards something that's going to put this
0: together for liver patients and and a, a broader future for them? Well, so first of all, my friend, don't sell yourself short on the smart people concept. Might come from a slightly different direction, but I think the uh, quality and breadth of your insights is really pretty compelling.
1: And again, I was going to say, Jeff, it's so important you are present and educate and remind us of the knowledge. Sometimes physicians just rumble away with their acronyms and talk outcomes and say, well, you know, we're going to improve this marker and that marker. And then the regular says, well, does that help the patient, um, talking with the patient is what we got to do, right? So you're more than the most important person there representing many patients. Yeah. And
0: one of the nice things about you, and now, now if you blush, I'm sorry, is that you have this unique ability to embody encompass and, and sort out multiple perspectives at the same time. So um, in marketing, we used to explain there is no such thing as the doctor, capital T, capital D. It's all about segmentation and diverse uh, levels of perspective and different combinations of perspectives. And you're pretty good at capturing a lot of those in your mind for, for whatever reason. It's just something you're good at. And I think it's a real contribution to everywhere you show up in this meeting, on this podcast, every time you and I ever talk. Number one, the other thing you did that was interesting is you talked about a country church on a Sunday morning because the religious metaphor I had in mind was much more Eastern, which is you can see the yin and you can see the yang, right? You can see the medicine going one way and the regular. The payers going a different way and where the points of conflict were going to be and, and kind of how the tension was going to play out. And what all that left me is I won't say optimistic, but I will say hopeful because we need to have these discussions to know whether to be optimistic or not. I think the science gives us great reasons to be optimistic. I think the entrenched structure may be less so, but I like the idea that we're starting have meetings, you're in Barcelona being one in a different way, this being another one, where all that interplay is happening and where we can start to figure out how to take these diverse positions and synthesize them into something that's going to work to the benefit of liver patients and others. The one thing that became clearer to me in this meeting than it's ever been before is that that's going to have to be, as Louise has been telling me since we first started talking to each other on LinkedIn three years ago, is that this is all about metabolic disease. At the end of the day, simply be, uh, Jeff Lazarus says the liver can't go it alone. I think this is clear and what makes me hopeful is I think maybe we don't have to.
1: And now back to Roger.
0: We hope you enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. We will be back next week to discuss some recent exciting drug trial results and what they pretend for the next couple of years in drug development. In the meantime, stay safe, surf on. We'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now.